Hello and welcome back to the RDS study session with Come Follow Me. We are on episode of 219 and I'm your host Matthew Roberts. Today we're going to be looking at continuing our Come Follow Me study for the week. This is December 30th to January the 5th, covering the introductory pages of the Book of Mormon and other testaments of Jesus Christ. We're looking in the personal study section today about the testimony of the three witnesses and the testimony of the eight witnesses titled I can be a witness of the Book of Mormon. Now before I dive into this I, there's a bit of insight I wanted to share with you from a podcast that I have recently uh, subs- subscribed to called Don't Miss This. I've been following their um, their materials that they publish for a few months now but only just realized or found that they have a podcast version of their video which is great for me. I, I don't really have time to sit and watch a video but a podcast for me on the go is perfect so um, I've subscribed to that and they gave a really good insight um, about the Book of Mormon and about its purpose. Uh, we know that obviously one of its main purposes is to testify of Jesus Christ, to help us develop that testimony of him. Uh, but what is interesting is that you know we often think about the crowning event, and we know that the crowning event is in 3rd Nephi 11, where the Saviour appears to the Nephites and stays with them till the end of 3rd Nephi. But what's important to remember is that actually the Saviour is not just present in the Book of Mormon between the chapters of 3rd Nephi 11 and the end of, end of 3rd Nephi, but uh, he's actually there throughout the entire book. He was there when Nephi needed to get the golden plates. He was there when the people of Ammon were under captivity and they had to have their burdens lifted from them. Uh, he was there when Ether needed to develop his faith and go and act and then have his faith proven, um, so much so that the Lord could then not any longer be kept behind the veil. He, this Book of Mormon is, is a witness or is a record of the Saviour's personal ministry to all of the people that we read, not just the people in Third Nephi, uh, and that makes this a much more powerful record. Moving on to the, to the witnesses today then, uh, if you were in a courtroom and you were listening to a testimony of one man about what had happened uh, in a certain event, then of course that could be questionable, that could be you know discussed and argued over. However, if three more men then walked in and stated the same things that this man stated, then obviously um, you know, you'd have to kind of bring into question that this may be true. If then eight more men followed, bringing a total of 12 people, stating the truthfulness of the, of the version that the first man said, then you would have to sit up and listen to that. The odds of someone lying or you know, or, or the odd. Well, if or if it is if it is, if it was a fabrication, the odds of someone stating actually, do you know what? You know, it, it isn't the case, is increased when there is more people. So the fact that there is twelve individuals, the prophet Joseph Smith, the testimony of three witnesses, and the testimony of eight witnesses, all stating the same case, uh, is an important consideration to remember. I know that obviously. Um, some people argue, uh, critics, critics of the church argue that a, a number of the people in these witnesses list are related to the prophet or friends of the prophet or helped help the prophet in the translation or, and publishing process of the book. However, um, what we need to also remember is that the well-known stated fact that the majority of these witnesses left the church, fell out of favour favor and basically hated the prophet at a certain point in their lives. A few, some of them did return back, but some of them never did. Uh, and so that's important because it's never, never at any point did they state that the Book of Mormon was not true or what they had stated as a witness was not the case. They upheld the testimony that they had given up until their deaths. Uh, and so 
if then, if you're going back to that courtroom situation, situation, you heard this witness from all these 12 people, and then until the rest of their lives, until the day they died, they continued to state that witness, then, I mean, this makes it much more difficult to ignore. But, um, you know, it, remembering all this, it's important to remember that this, uh, this evidence, these witnesses, are, whilst they are important to the, uh, the, the building up of this record, um, it's, it shouldn't be the only thing that's important in building up our testimony. Um, we read in the, in the testimony of the three witnesses that they saw the plates, that they heard from the voice of God that it had been translated by the gift and power of God. An angel came down and they saw the plates with their eyes amongst other objects as well. Um, and they heard the voice of the Lord to say that they should bear record of it. One of the phrases that I love in the, in the section is this, and it is marvellous in our eyes. I mean, just the joy and the excitement you can sense in that phrase is fantastic. Um, but, as I say, whilst this is all important, it isn't the most important thing to helping us in our personal development. Um, if we go to a, a talk given by uh, then Elder Henry B. Iron, uh, he stated about how this uh, witness is indeed important, but there is something much more uh, beneficial for us that we should be searching for. In October 2003, he said, quote, those you love can have more than the physical evidence given, that, given, given those witnesses by what they saw and heard. Those three witnesses have something more, something we all need. The Holy Ghost bore witness to their minds and hearts that what they saw and heard was true. The Spirit told them that the angel was from God and that the voice was that of the Lord Jesus Christ. That witness of the Spirit was given to them and many who were not there. It is a witness that can, if we qualify for the companionship of the Holy Ghost, be ours and stay with us forever. Close quote. What we need to remember is that these three witnesses, whilst they had this physical evidence, many did fall astray. Well, in fact, all three of them did go astray for a number for a while. Two of them did return. Um, but it is the case that we need to remember that this physical evidence is not the be all and end all. In fact, it's the least important thing compared to a spiritual witness. Uh, and so you know, it would have been very easy for the Lord to have left the golden plates on the earth so that we could all see it and, you know, have that physical evidence. But it is not planned that way. We are required to walk by faith. And so we're given just enough so that we could, you know, have witnesses. We could have some evidence to say, look, this is a true record, read it. And then that should then lead us to the point where we actually pray about it. Um, and then that spiritual witness is the most important thing and what will keep us true to that faith that we have found. Um, just want to move on to the eight witnesses. Now, they didn't see uh, an angel or hear the voice of the Lord. They, they simply had um, the prophet share the record with them and they handled it in their hands. Uh, but even so, um, this was still another witness that they have about the record being a true record. Um, in a talk called Safety for the Soul in October 2009, uh, Jeffrey R. Holland said this, quote, Now I did not sail with the brother of Jared in crossing an ocean, settling in a, in a new world. I did not hear King Benjamin speak his angelically delivered sermon. I did not proselyte with Alma and Amulek, nor witness the fiery death of innocent believers. I was not among the Nephite crowd who touched the wounds of the resurrected Lord, nor did I weep with Mormon and Moroni over the destruction of an entire civilization. But my testimony of this record and the peace it brings to the human heart is as binding and un unequivocal as was theirs. Like them, I give my name unto the world to witness unto the world that which I have seen. 
and I unlike them, I lie not, God bearing witness of it. This is a close quote. This is important because at the end he uses the same language as the eight witnesses that he gave his name. To, he gives his name to the world to witness what to what he has seen, and like them, he doesn't lie. God bearing witness of it. Now I don't know if um, Elder Holland has seen the physical golden plates. Uh, I'm presuming he hasn't, uh, but you never know. He is, after all, a special witness of Christ as an apostle. But what we do know is that he is stating here there are many things that he has not seen physically. He wasn't there for. But even so, he is able to use the same language as the eight witnesses and give his name to the world to the things which he has seen. And he doesn't lie, God bearing witness of it, um, which I think is fascinating because um, this brings us to the point where I wanted to make this final concluding remark. We are all charged to become witnesses. We may not physically see the golden plates in our lifetime, uh, we may not, uh, you know, ha have an angel come to us and show us ancient artifacts. But one thing that we do have is something which actually the three witnesses had. And that is for the voice of the Lord to testify of its truthfulness that it was translated by a prophet of God through the gift and power of God. Now, some of you may say, well, I've not heard that voice. But actually, we have all had a voice of sorts uh, testify to us. Or we can have a voice of sorts testify to us if you've not had this experience yet. We can pray to know that it's true, and we can have the Holy Ghost whisper it in our heart, in our mind. We can feel that power from the Holy Ghost testifying to us that it's true. There is a promise that we can receive that. Um, and once we've received that witness, then it is our charge to share it unto the world. And I suppose that's the other thing we need to have is that real intent to share it. Um, you know, we, we don't have that physical evidence, and that is there is a purpose for that. It helps us to walk by faith. If we, we were to be given all those physical things, then we would not be walking by faith and we would not develop ourselves further. But <clears throat> we can share what we know to the world. We can share that we have felt the truth of this and that this record is indeed scripture, the word of the Lord. It's interesting because if you read the, the, uh, the Saints uh, volume one particularly and read about the Book of Mormon and the coming forth of that, there are many other witnesses there are people like Emma Smith, who I know was obviously married to the prophet, but we have a, a an account of how she didn't physically see the plates. They were always covered up in her presence, but she was able to, to feel through the cloth and she felt the leaves of the pages, of the metal pages. Um, you know, all of these witnesses, uh, and I would encourage you to have a look at in the Saints book, but again, we can have that spiritual witness, which is much more powerful and will have a much more lasting effect on us and that is our charge this year as we study it, to become a witness of this book that it testifies of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. We, we can indeed add our name on, our, on that list, if so need be. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. If there's anything that you've enjoyed studying um, with the witnesses or anything else, please share it at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.